welcome to Semper Sometimes with Benny. So um, today I have Andrew Downey with us. Um, he was a Marine. Um, well, sorry, still is a Marine, right? Because Semper Fi and Semper always, right? Always faithful. And um, <clears throat> and he knew um, Patrick Duva. So this is going to be episode three of Pat's Purpose. Um, and the reason why I wanted to have, I've been, me and Downey have been trying to get together um, since I did the first two episodes. Um, but he, you know, we're an hour apart from each other. And he's, you know, in a different state and he has a different job. He works nights at the time. And now he, you know, his opportunity opened up for us to be able to do this episode. Um, <clears throat> and the purpose behind it um, is really just to to get an understanding of who Pat was through through the eyes of, you know, somebody that knew him dearly, that served alongside him in the Marine Corps, um, just like episode two. But this is going to be, you know, through the eyes of a Marine that was led by Pat. Um, and also the reason why I wanted to get this this episode out there um, is because on Wednesday I'm going to be at a business expo and I'm actually going to be seated next to Pat's purpose um, and they're going to have a table at the venue that I'm at. So we're actually going to be able to um, to do that. And then all of the shirts that I sell um, at the event, um, $15 of the profit is going to go to Pat's purpose. Um, for every shirt that I sell, um, $15 will go to Pat's Purpose. Um, I have 100 shirts, so if I sell all 100 shirts, it's going to be 1500 bucks. That's going to go to Pat's Purpose. Um, so, you know, without further ado, uh, Downey, welcome. How's it going? It's good, man. I'm, I'm glad to finally have you on. You know, we've been going back and forth on Instagram for probably about like a month or so now. Yeah. Um, so... Thank you for, you know, making the time and being able to come out here, man. And, uh, you know, I got, I got already said, you know, I, I found you through Instagram. Um, I think Pat's Purpose shared your video that you made dedicating uh, dedicating it to, to Pat. Um, so I kind of just want to understand, um, before we get into talking about Pat and remembering him and who he was, um, kind of just tell us a little bit about who you are. You know, why did you join the Marine Corps? How did you find yourself in the Marine Corps? Uh, and just kind of just give us a background on that. All right. Uh, yeah, I grew up um, from Illinois. Grew up in a little small town about an hour south of Chicago. Uh, you know, growing up, uh, I actually have my uncle still in the military. He's in the Air Force still. 30 some year, 31 years now. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my, uh, growing up, that was my summer vacations was going around to different military bases around the world. I mean, we went all the way from Germany to Japan to, you know, he was at Fort Bragg, uh, all over Little Rock Air Force Base. I mean, Fort Dix. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, uh, just a bunch of other di- different bases and stuff like that. So growing up, I was kind of knew I wanted to join the military. Didn't really know what branch yet. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, so I, I got a taste of every different branch. And I want to say it was probably around high school that I finally decided on the Marine Corps as what I wanted to do. Was there anything specific that, that drew you to the Marine Corps that it wasn't, you know, the Air Force for you? 
the infantry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you just uh, you wanted the and now how did you know about the infantry? Was it like a movie? So I was have, it, uh, was it... my cousin? Uh, her husband was uh, he was in Second Battalion, Third Marines. Uh, he was in Golf Company as a mortarman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like oh nine, oh five, yeah, like oh nine. I think mm-hmm. he got something like that. I'm probably wrong, but yeah, he was. Uh, he was in when I was kind of in high school, you know, so talking to him and stuff like that kind of persuaded me to go that route. Okay. So, <clears throat> so you, that. so you joined the Marine Corps. Um, did you, so how did you, how did you meet Pat? How did that happen? Pat, I met, uh, well, when I got to Hawaii after school of infantry. Okay. Uh, Pat was actually the first person I saw when I got to the barracks. And, you know, these guys, we were, you know, you show up in your alphas or whatever. We walk into the barracks in Hawaii. The barracks were two stories. There's a big courtyard in the middle, like palm trees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And all those guys just got back from Afghanistan and they were all partying pretty hard. And I just remember uh, Pat up on the second deck looking down on us and he's just screaming welcome to the fucking zoo motherfuckers <laughs> you know <laughs> in typical pat fashion he's he's having fun so that was my first impression of pat <laughs> <laughs> then uh went out from there he uh he kind of became he, uh, I joined the FTC in eight in, eight, in the eighty one section, so I was never really directly under Pat. Pat was a gun team leader, and I was in the FTC under uh, our buddy Carson, and uh, my actually my brother in law Wrecker uh, was in the FTC too. He went to boot camp and stuff with Pat. Went to Afghanistan with Pat. So, Your brother in law did? Yeah, yeah. He ended up marrying my sister after. We got out. <laughs> so. Oh, shit. Yep. Okay. Uh, but Pat, another, Pat was always everywhere. He was talking to everybody. He'd just pop in your room, you know. Typical Pat, Mr. Social Butterfly, come in and mess with you a little bit. Uh, first room I lived in. Uh, we inherited from a guy that was getting out of the Marine Corps, so he didn't really care about his room too much, and it was pretty nasty. And uh, Pat was the one inspecting our rooms. And, you know, in Hawaii, they got these uh, these little lizards that roam around the barracks. Well, apparently, Pat picked one up before coming in the room, and he uh, walks in. like every, we, clean, we got inspected like five times that night. Mm-hmm. Everything was clean, and Pat's like looking around. He opens up the microwave, turns on the microwave, and he goes, "You failed." We're like, "What?" He threw the lizard in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> in the microwave. <laughs> so, uh. That was a character, man. He uh, he was, but he was always fair. That was the thing about Pat. He was always fair. He was mm-hmm. a good. Look- you know, he was hard on you when he needed to be hard on you, and he was he was there for you if you needed you. Or you mm-hmm. needed him. He was always there for you. 
But so then from there we went. So we were supposed to go to Afghanistan, and then the whole drawback happened, and we got Third Marines focused on the Pacific. So I actually went on Pat's second deployment with them on the UDP to Okinawa and Korea and all that. Mm-hmm. So, and it was it was interesting times. Guys were it was it wasn't a at first it really wasn't a good time for our unit to, to say the least. Everyone was pretty down in the dumps. Yeah, all the seniors were pretty down in the dumps. But once we once we started going and everyone just started having a good time, that was pretty fun, especially with Pat. What did he do that made it fun? Like, what was it? Because it's funny, because from what I understand from his sister, is that growing up, he really wasn't, like, really outgoing. And apparently the Marine Corps kind of changed that's, that. That's I When I listened to that, to Bree talk. I mean, I never knew knew that about. I never knew Pat like that. <laughs> Pat, Pat was always outgoing. I never. I mean, the guy would do, do impersonations of leadership that were that had everyone rolling. Like, uh, do you? Was, like, what was his best one? Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> probably. Uh, we had a uh, first sergeant, first sergeant Banks, and uh, Pat would do him pretty good. Yeah. But, so that was that was pretty funny. But, <laughs> yeah, I never listened to that podcast. It really, I was like, wow, I never, never would have guessed Pat to be, you know, quiet and reserved. Cause he, yeah. yeah, he was the life of the party. What um? Do you have any fond, uh, any other fond memories of Pat? Anything that comes to mind? Just stuff on that, like on that deployment. I mean. Or the UDP was just like they weren't even ready for us over there. Like they put us in, like we were the first infantry battalion to go back there since the war on terror started. Mm-hmm. So they weren't even like logistically ready for us at the time. So like we were sleeping in like we'd go somewhere and we'd go to this like this camp Muchuk in Korea and there was just tents for weeks at a time. But it was, Pat was, <laughs> but they'd let us out on the weekends. That was a thing. So it was, we'd all be going out and then coming back to these tents and just wreaking havoc on these little, these camps with like 10, 10 guys on it that aren't used to having, you know, an infantry battalion there. <laughs> but Pat, uh, we, we got to climb Mount Fuji in Japan. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, I got to. I got some good pictures of Pat up at the top of that. You know, me and him and my brother-in-law, Wrecker, and our other buddy, Alan Eves and Wax. Got some good pictures of us at the top there. So those are always, you know, good memories to look back on. Mm-hmm. But that was a fun one. We got to go. To how, how, is, how was that, like, the experience? It was, of- it was, it was pretty cool because, uh, you know, they let us hike in civvies, so that wasn't bad. So it was, and you get this stick. I still got the stick behind, actually hanging on my wall behind me right now. Uh, so the funny story about that is, is there's a, there's a, like a local like a myth or legend in Japan that if you go to Japan and you see Mount Fuji, 
at some point and you don't climb to the top at some point you'll be back in your lifetime hmm. and i went and when my uncle was stationed there like 2000 uh by 2004 i went there mm-hmm. went to mount fuji never climbed to the top I was like i'm never coming back here lo and behold i ended up back in japan <laughs> oh wow so, came full circle but how long usually... how long did you take did it take to climb out fuji going up was going up wasn't that bad I, it took it took the better part of a day going okay. down was the worst part because it wasn't really a trail going down it was just lava rock oh so, wow but going up they give you this you can get this walking stick in every i don't know every checkpoint or whatever they burn they burn a brand on the side of the stick uh-huh. and then when you get to the top you get your your brand at the top saying you made it to the top and then bring it back down so but worst part was they they had beer vending machines all the way up so we we're we were all hitting the vending machines all the they way had, up they had hold on they had beer vending machines yeah what yeah, and then uh, they had them in, at the amusement park we went to, too, called Fuji Q. Mm-hmm. And we drank every beer in that amusement park. Like, the, all the vending machines were empty. <laughs> I, I got some good pictures of us from that amusement park, too. Oh, uh, dude. All the guys. Yeah, like, we were making, like, beer pyramids with empty cans. Like, pe- all these, like, locals were just looking at us like, what the... <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking dope, man. Yeah, it was so it wasn't too bad. That's so uh, cool, man. So then after that, after mainland Japan, I went to Korea. After that, how was Korea? I've heard, I've heard. Did you work with the Korean Rock Marines at all, or no? Yeah, yeah, we did. How how uh, was that? Yeah, they get they were cool. I mean, they get like zero training. That's what I've been told. Like like our mortars, we shoot you know, a couple thousand rounds a year. You know, like they would shoot like seven rounds, and that was all they got for the range. Like, oh wow! Uh, so it was it was interesting to see. Actually, our interpreter over there was actually from Illinois, like just down the oh, road. Oh shit! And, really? But he was doing his two years of service to keep his dual citizenship mm-hmm. or whatever. So, Dude, that's gonna be so crazy that like. You meet somebody out in Korea that lives like yeah. a town away from you. Like that's gonna and that's the thing, like I always try to tell people, dude, like how small a freaking Marine Corps is. Oh, is yeah. like shit like that happens. Oh, like that's that's, that's gotta be crazy. Have you do you keep do you keep in touch with him at all? Uh I haven't uh since like my set I tried to meet up with him again on our second UDP, mm-hmm. but uh I think he moved back to the States. His two years was up. Mm. Yeah able to find them gotcha it is the marine corps is so small i mean it's i bet you there's my buddy tut was in that i went to grade school with he was in one three my cousin's husband was in two three my obviously my brother-in-law was two three but there's like three other guys that were just in the third marines in like my little local area i mean and like we all knew some of the same people Mm -hmm. like actually uh my uh, my cousin's husband Bobby, his guy he was in with was I think he was a sergeant at the time. Sergeant Clark was actually Pat's uh, senior guy in his patrol base in Afghanistan. He was Gunny Clark at the time. 
Oh, shit. It's like came full circle. You went back to 2-3 after a while. Yeah. That's crazy, man. It's just crazy how stuff like that like yeah, ends up. Like, you know, it's I remember I was telling my buddy this yesterday when I was at the, I was at the barber. Um, and they were, he was, he's the, he's my barber has been my barber for like 12 years. Yeah. And, um, he was just talking about how he was in, um, I don't know where he was vacationing somewhere and he was on a bus. I think it was like Costa Rica or something. And he was on a bus in the middle of this like small town in Costa Rica. And he turns around and he's talking about like high school or something. And he turns around and the person behind him is from his high school, same graduation year. And it's like, what the fuck? And they hadn't yeah. seen each other in like 20 some odd years. And it was like, bro, what are the odds that we're on the exact same boat on this, the, the same bus in the same town in the same country? And it was crazy. But like and that was telling my buddy because I was in um, when I was at MOS school. Um, shout out to Roman. There was this guy. Well, I was at MOS school in Missouri, and there was this guy that I went to high school with uh, my freshman and sophomore year. Me and him were in the same high school. I ended up moving out to New Jersey. Um, I graduated high school. I joined the Marine Corps. I go out to MOS school, and me and him are sitting at the smoke pit, and I look over across from me, and I'm like, Roman? And he's like, Doug? And I'm like, what the fuck? It was like three years later, and here we are bumping into each other at MOS school. And then, like, you know, just the other day, sitting like more so, like it was like a month ago, I was at the gym, and I saw this guy, you know, Marine Corps hat on, and said infantry battalion, some whatever. I can't remember which what what it was, but I went up to him and I was like, dude, you look so effing familiar. I was like, I don't know why, but you look like I. I was like, I know you. And he was like, were you in the Marine Corps? I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm a, re- I'm a reservist, though. I was like, I was like, but I know your face. And I, he was, I was like, where are you from? He's like, oh, I was born and raised in Brooklyn. And I'm like, I'm like, what's your last name? And he goes, Calla. And I'm like, like Frank Calla? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, your brother's name is Mike Calla? He's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, I went to high school with your brother and I went to boot camp the same day as your brother. We were just one building apart from each other. And That's he was like, yeah, and we were supposed to, me and his brother were supposed to be in the same platoon. Like we graduated high school together. We um well no, we graduated the same year, but we like I went to Fort Hamilton with him in Brooklyn for two years. Then I moved out to Jersey. Um, but yeah, we went to high school together. And then he knew all of my best friends growing up. And then we ended up leaving for boot camp on the same exact day from the same MEPS. And we ended up graduating boot camp together and everything. Uh, we did the right, we did everything together. He was just following series and I was lead series. And um, yeah, dude, it was sick. And I was sitting here. Now I'm at the gym talking to his brother um, and talking to his brother. And I find out that he's he lives like a right around the corner from me. And he's been living in the same area as I have for the past three years. And his brother just moved out to New Jersey, too. And I'm just like, bro, get the f-. I'm like, this. it's crazy. how. And now here we are going to the same gym. It's like cra- it's so crazy how small the Marine Corps is, dude. It is, it's nuts. I mean, like, like I said, like, of all the places I could have went, you know, going to the same unit as some, like, some people that were in my family and stuff like that, doing the same job, it's, it's pretty nuts. 
Yeah. How did um so what what was next for you guys after that? After the um after you guys got back from Korea, what was next? Uh so we went back to uh Okinawa and did uh I, yeah, we did jungle warfare training there for a little while. And then uh pretty much back to Hawaii after that. How was how was it being in Hawaii? I've heard, I've heard mixed things. I've heard, like, or I, well, people hold on before we even go into that. How was just you being in, in the infantry and being in Japan? Because I've been told by so many people that it was a complete and utter waste of time when they went out there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is that the consent? Is that the consensus? Yeah, because you're, <laughs> you're really limited on where you can train and what you can do. Like you're not being utilized, like. The only time we ever trained uh, with, you know, somebody else was in Korea, uh, Korea and we trained with the Rock. We trained with some Aussies and some Rock Marines over there. How were the Aussies? I've heard. I've they were heard, cool. Yeah, I, that's what cool. I've heard. I remember, um, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but so if I have and you're a listener, oh, well. But um, I was at Sergeant's course and I met this, uh, this Aussie guy and um, he was currently stationed in Germany. But he had to go to sergeant's course, so he they flew him out to Quantico, Virginia, um, for our two week sergeant's course. Because in the reserves, you only do two weeks. And um, <clears throat> comes out, and we're do, we're doing this class, and um, we were talking about um, it's like one of the first days of of, of the sergeant's course, and um, this female staff sergeant was instructing in the class, and she was talking about um, cu- culture shock, right? And he he says to her, in front, dude, we're in a room with 85 sergeants, male, female, like 85 sergeants, and she's a female. Um, she actually just retired from the Marine Corps. But um, so she so she's standing in front of the room and he stands up and he goes, Hey, she goes, yeah, she goes. So I probably shouldn't I probably shouldn't call somebody. Uh, See you next Tuesday. Right. And she goes, I'm sorry. And he goes, you know, see you next Tuesday. And she goes, no, I don't know what that means. And then he goes, he looks left and right, and he goes, I probably shouldn't call you a bloody fucking cunt, right? And she goes, <laughs> and she goes, no, no, you should not call me a cunt. And she, he was like, oh, okay, just wanted to make sure. And literally, bro, the whole rest of the two weeks, when we would be out at the smoke pit, when we would be smoking, he literally would just call every one of us cunt and i remember oh, yeah. I, I remember i asked him i was like dude i was like do you guys really talk like that he was like bro every day every he's day. like he's like you guys say bro i was like we say cunt he was yeah. like bro, he literally every morning he'd come up and he'd be like hey good morning you cunts and i was just like bro what and it was dude funniest shit ever dude and then um funniest shit too was uh my boy smith right so same sergeant scores um we're out at sergeant's course and um this dude he uh he looks over to me and he just was sitting in, in the theater and he looks over to me and he just goes hey i was like what's up man he goes yo sarge and i was like what and he just goes sarge and i was like what are you talking about dude and he goes dude just do it just do it he's like watch how mad everybody gets so then i just look over to the right and i call somebody else and i'm just like Sarge 
And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Why the fuck are you doing this shit? <laughs> so then all of a sudden, it became this thing where me and Smith would just look at each other and we'd be like, Sergeant. And <laughs> it just literally became this fucking stupid thing, right? So one night, we're in the barracks and we're fucking wasted. And um, we're walking up and down the barracks and we're like, yo, Sage. And he's like, yo, Sage. And I'm like, Sergeant, and he's just and bro, we're going at it like for I don't know how long. We're just walking up and down the halls, just being stupid. And um, we get we get to it's just like a Friday or a Saturday night. Monday morning, we get to we get back to class at zero eight, and uh, we go run PT whatever, and we get back to class, and uh, we're all sitting down, and this sergeant major comes walking up, and he's standing at the at the front at the podium. And he's just like, hey, good morning, Marines. And we're all like, good morning, Sergeant Major. And he goes, so I guess you guys didn't know this, but just so you guys know this for the remainder of your stay here, I'm living in this barracks with you. And we're just like, oh, uh -huh. we didn't, you know, we don't think anything <laughs> of it, right? And he goes, who the fuck is walking around at fucking 11 o'clock at night saying, Sergeant? He's like, it's fucking sergeant. You're not in the goddamn army. You're not walking around calling each other sarge. He goes, if I hear that shit again, we're going to have effing problems. He goes, you guys need to be holding yourself accountable. Blah, 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 blah. Just because there's no junior Marines, he gets, bro, he just starts lighting into us. So he doesn't ask anybody just like to mess, you know, to fess up to it or anything like that. So then Smith just looks over at me and he goes, yo, Sarge. And I was like, bro, shut the fuck up. Just stop, bro. But it was just hilarious because this sergeant major was so freaking tight that this happened. And none of us knew because no one said, like, hey, just so you know, the sergeant major is a reservist, too. And he's staying in the he, he could have gotten a hotel, but he just decided he was going to stay in the barracks with all the Marines. So the shit, bro, is hilarious, bro. And and since then, I haven't seen Smith since um, sergeant's course, which was like eight years ago now but it's just dude funny as hell man yeah but yeah dude it's 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 freaking some funny shit man but so um when so do you have any other fond memories of pat before yeah. he passed away yeah uh you know getting back a lot actually a lot after the marine corps too but when we we're still in you know pat after that udp pat was getting out mm -hmm. you know we moved into this barracks uh that uh do you do you know why he decided to get out do you know like did he say why or was it kind of just like he knew he was gonna do four years type I thing think or? Every, i think everyone including myself like there was a lot of good marines from two three that got out of the marine corps and we had this we had this uh gunny uh his his famous saying was like uh, the good get out and the bad get promoted. Like that was, and from, from our, from my seniors group and our group, like that's, that's how it was, man. There was, there's a handful of guys that stayed in that, sh that definitely were good and should have stayed in. Then there were some that the majority of the good guys got out. Mm -hmm. There was just a bad taste in our mouth from the previous, uh, work up in uh, UDP. Mm -hmm. This was some of the things that went on. But then, uh, yeah, I just remember getting back from 
from Japan and going back to Hawaii. And then first thing we did was go down to the wiki and we got a, we got a bottle of, uh, uh, Johnny Walker blue label. And me, me and Pat sat out one night, like we were watching the sun come up over like the softball fields back there. We we're just drinking up. We drank that bottle. That's one of the, yeah, that's one of the nights I'll never forget with Pat, you know, stuff like that. Just talked all night. What did you guys talk about? about? Do you remember? Life, man. Just life. Just what's he going to do when he gets out, you know, going back home, you know, to Chelsea and stuff like that. Just everything. We just talked for hours, goofing around, listening to music on our phones, stuff like that. But that was a, that was a fun night. That was always fun to go out with, especially in Waikiki. I, they they kind of hinted towards it on the couple of podcasts before that, like McFadden and them. Pat always had your back when you went out. You know, Pat, whenever something hit the fan, Pat was there. He had a nickname. We called him Patty Two Shots. <laughs> only took him, you know, only took him two shots to put someone down. So, yeah, he was, he was always a good guy to have on your side. Especially for how small he was, man. He, he laid some people out. Yeah. But yeah, he. I think he. I think he just wanted to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it just especially third marines just wasn't the same. And I feel bad because actually the chain of command we got after he left was awesome. Oh really? I really wish that that chain of command was with us the year before. Year Year Pat was there, <laughs> but. It was, it was good times. Yeah, Pat never really hinted to like the four reason he wanted to get out, but I'm sure he just wanted to get home to family and friends with Chelsea. Yeah, it was time. It was, especially as an infantry marine, I mean, being in third marines, I mean, he'd have to go do a B billet probably after that, and he didn't really want to do that. So it was. Those were pretty much his options. I yeah. And that's so, when they were offering all the verps and stuff like that, like crazy too. I mean, yeah, I, I would yeah. say yeah, I verped out too. Even after, oh, really? Yeah. They were so why did you? Why did you decide to do that? That bad taste in my mouth after that first, you know, first year. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, like I said, a lot of good Marines just got out. Yeah. yeah but. So you said once you got out, you had a lot more um, other mem- other fond memories of, of Pat. Yeah. Can you tell us about those? Just Well, just keeping in contact with He's one of the guys that I really kept in contact with, mm-hmm. you know, over the uh, years that we were out. Uh, you know, in my phone, I had him saved as big bro, and he had me saved as little brother, even though I was the same age as him. You know, <laughs> we would call each other and, you know, go back and forth just catching up like old times Mm -hmm. but so so how did you um when you found how did you find out that he had that he had gotten sick how did you find out about that uh i think i got a call from pretty sure it was our other one of pat's best friends and i don't know uh one of my best friends too is uh eastman uh Eastman called me and, you know, told me kind of what was going on. Mm-hmm. But, 
you know, you don't really, it's hard to put it in the, like, it's hard because we didn't really know at first. Like, no one mm-hmm. really knew what was going on. Yeah. So we just knew he was going to get looked at. Like, I knew he was, from talking to him, I knew he had headaches and stuff like that. And he was having some problems and he was going to the VA for it. But I never, it never really went anything past that until Eastman called me and told me after he got, they found the tumors and stuff like that. So. How did, how did you take that? Like, how did it, like, did it hit you? Were you kind of like in denial? Like what was going through your mind? Do you remember? Uh, at first I was like, all right. You know, it's Pat. You know, he'll beat this. No problem. He's mm-hmm. one of the toughest guys I know. Like, it's just a little bump in the road. You know, I didn't really know the severity of it at first. I was like, you know what? Oh, Pat will fight through it. He'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, it hit me kind of hard just because, you know, guys our age, you don't, I mean, I know, like, we had a, my wife has a friend here, her, her little sister died of brain cancer a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't like seeing young people with cancer is tough. And, you know, Pat was in his mid twenties, late twenties. You know, yeah. Was, was too young. Yeah. That was almost a denial phase. Like we're, we're too young to worry about that, you know, mm-hmm. but, but like I kept in contact with him just, you know, being positive. We didn't really talk about it when we talked on the phone. We just talked about life. It wasn't. Yeah. Like, I would ask him, you know, how, you know, how it was going. And we, he maybe five minutes on the subject, but then he wanted, you know, I never really forced the, the subject talking about it. Mm-hmm. We always talked about other things, you know, you know, just how, how family was doing and stuff like that, you know. It was, it was definitely a shock for all of us. Mm-hmm. And then it went away, and then it came back. Yeah. So uh, when I found out it went away, it was, you know, everyone was like, "Yeah, we we knew Pat was going to beat it. Like it was awesome." Uh, I actually went out to see Pat with our buddy Wax just before that, like a year, like couple months before i think he found out it went away mm-hmm. and we went out to see him and that was tough like seeing your you know seeing your buddy like that uh you know i this image in my mind just his mom bringing out a you know like a paper plate full of pills that he would have to take mm-hmm. you know? but cancer never stopped pat from being pat yeah I, I didn't know um so I didn't I didn't know Pat well enough to know any of these stories or you know I don't have memories with Pat. I have like one or two times that I met him at the bar. Yeah. Because we had mutual friends. Um you know, he promoted one of my friends to I believe corporal or sergeant. I don't remember which one it was. Um Yeah, that was one that Chelsea was at, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, I'm actually going to his wedding this coming weekend. Um, that's right. his. Yeah. yeah, he's getting married this weekend. Um, and him and Pat grew up together like best friends. Um, but um, yeah, I never really had the opportunity to to really get to know Pat like that. 
Um, but it was, you know, and that's why I asked people the, you know, the questions because I can only imagine, you know, I, my, my wife had cancer, so I know how, how it is to, you know, to, to deal with that. Um, but you know, I don't know how it is to deal with losing the person because my wife, you know, luckily, you know, fought it and beat it and, yeah. you know, made it out. Um, but you know, I think the craziest thing was when I was hearing, um, Chelsea and, and, and Bree talk about his story, you know, I didn't know that he had graduated college blind. Yeah. Like I had no idea that that, that had happened. Like, yeah. and, they, 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 and that's so sick that, that he just continued to go on because he didn't need to. He didn't, you let, know? He didn't let cancer change his life. You know, mm-hmm. like, Pat was Pat. Like when me and Wax went out there, Pat and Chelsea, the ones picking us up from the airport, which he probably shouldn't have been out because, you know, his immune system was down. We're, we even went to a bar when we were there, you know, uh, <laughs> when he shouldn't have been out. I mean, he was trying to, he was trying to sneak out of the house, you know, and go down to New York, downtown New York, because, you know, me and Wax have never been to New York City. You know, I was, you know, Pat was trying to sneak out. <laughs> it was. Did you guys go? No. Oh, okay. No, it was. He was still, he was still pretty slow then. Uh, mm-hmm. Slow moving. But yeah, we went out like. Cause we went out uh, that day, like we go out for lunch, had a few beers, mm-hmm. but, and uh, went back to his, just hang out. We just hung out with him for a long time, a couple of days, yeah. and then, uh, then I believe the cancer. He found out the cancer went away, so that was, you know, a huge victory. And then I was actually getting married uh, that year, so like right when he was. You know, he got rid of it, and him and Chelsea were planning on getting married. He actually came out to my wedding in Illinois. Oh, he made it to your, to your yeah, wedding? that was... Bro, that's so awesome. That was... uh, Actually, before we went in the ceremony, he... Like, before I went in the ceremony, he he went there, and he, you know, he wanted to see me before everybody so that we could have, like, a little... So we could talk a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. before got hectic i mean yeah i just remember walking out from our where we were getting ready and seeing pat and it was like i was that you know my wedding day was a great day because pat was there too you know yeah moving around and you know that was that was awesome that's awesome that he was able to be there Mm -hmm. you know it was so was that the last time that you had that you were able to see him? No, uh, I actually went back with uh, a couple other guys, uh, like uh, a couple months before he passed. There was, I think, let me look, Marin. I think there was five or six of us that were out there. Oh, dude, that's awesome! Damn, yeah, that's awesome that you guys like, and that's and that's the thing, man. It's like. You know, I, you know, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and say that other people don't have that same, you know, love or, but it's, it's a very different, you know, love that we have, you know, especially because you, you know, you guys, you know, were together through all this training, you guys were together through the suck, you know, you guys were to together, you know, doing something like climbing Mount Fuji, you know, the, the, the days, the nights, the hours that you spend together, 
Um, it's mean, something that you can't compare to anything else. And it's great that you guys were able to be there for him in those darkest times and be there for his family as well. I mean, you got friends from like high school and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. you're not with those guys 24 seven. No, like, no. Pat and all them, all my friends from the Marine Corps, they know more about me than, you know, my family and friends do, you know, from yeah. home. it's, and every single guy would, you know, if somebody got in trouble, a drop of a hat would be there. Mm-hmm. We had went that last time we went to see him. I mean, I went from, I came from Illinois. Eastman came from Washington State. And Gasser came from out on the West Coast. Uh, Marion was there. Uh, who else? There's a couple other guys there that, I mean, all over the country just came in to see him. Yeah. Then that was the last time I got to see him in person. Mm-hmm. That was that was tough. How was how was he at that time? So from from what his mom his mom was telling us like he was he wasn't moving around you know he was on the couch he'd sit up or lay down like he wasn't mobile. Mm-hmm. But but when we showed up, like he wanted to stand up, you know he he was up the entire time we were there talking to us, you know, telling stories, you know, talking about old times, mm-hmm. times in the Marine Corps stuff like that. Like, and she goes, I I haven't seen him like this in weeks, you know. <laughs> and you know, Pat did that for us, you know, to get us. It was. It was pretty. It was pretty in, inspiring to see him like that. You know, at this guy had so much fight left in him. You know, at the very end there, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he it was. It's just hard to see, you know, your buddy like that. It's, yeah, I don't wish that for anybody. Yeah. So something I wanted to ask you is just how do you how do you deal with that now? You know, how do you, does it bother you? Do do you think about it a lot? Do you find yourself, you know, like in the middle of doing something and you look back at him or, you know, you think of him or like, do you have times like that? Every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's constantly, it constantly just goes back to him, you know, you know, I recently had, my wife just had a, her aunt, Good, her cancer just came back, and it just bring, brought up a lot of, you know, memories of, you know, Pat, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just, but you think about him every day, you know. Oh, Marin got a bunch of bracelets made for all of us, and you know, I look down at that bracelet and I see Pat's name, and I, you know, brings back a lot of memories, mm-hmm. a lot of times. And that was, I thought that was. The coolest thing about, because so many more guys showed up for Pat's funeral than, you know, guys that weren't even Pat's platoon mm-hmm. showed up, you know, from all over the country. I mean, and then we went back to our Airbnb house that night and we stayed up just telling stories all night. I mean, for one guy to bring that many guys together is pretty special. Yeah. But it's, yeah, not a day goes by, you don't think about them. You know, so yeah, it's a little something. 
think about his family a lot too, man. It's Chelsea and Bree and his mom. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, my um, I've had a lot of people tell me they can't get through the first episode. Um, like my yeah. sister, she was like a halfway through it. I, I had to turn it off. I just couldn't like the night that I played before I, the night that I did the episode, I was going to wait like a couple of days, um, to post the episode and my yeah. wife, my, I had my wife listen to it and my wife literally bawled her eyes out and she was like, Doug, you need to upload this right now. Um, so it was definitely a, uh, a, a gut wrenching, you know, <laughs> story, um, and it, it sucks. It's like one of those things, you know what I mean? It's like it sucks that it's true. Um, yeah. but at the same time, it's such a beautiful story. Um, and that's the thing that stinks about things like that, you know, like you don't want to sit here and be like, Oh, cancer is a beautiful thing, because it's not, it's not no. at all. Um, but I think what it does in a in a sense, what it does to the memory of a person or the livelihood of families. You know, it's as as much as it sucks, it, it in a way it it can be beautiful. You know what I mean? If that oh, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, like the people that are like like you know, like you said, you know, someone like Pat to bring all those people together, you know, um, and you know, and to change the lives of others around him and for him to go through college and graduate college while being blind and you know to to use his and, and, and the craziest part was you know, if, if you if you know Pat, you know that he wasn't doing it to prove to anybody anything. He was just doing it because that's who he was. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like he was like, "Hey, look at me. I'm I'm dying of no. cancer and I'm blind." No, it was just, "Hey, this is who I am, and I'm not going to give up on something because it's gotten hard, and I'm going to fight to to the last day that I can." No, like I said, it was like I think that was the hardest part was when going through the whole cancer thing was finding out what was going on with the cancer because Pat never, you know, we never talked about it together. Mm-hmm. You know? He never let it define him, you know? You know uh, so it was like, he never really knew what was going on. Like he knew the cancer was there, but Pat never let that affect him or change his life. You know? mm-hmm. It was, it takes a tough dude to do that. Yeah. But, yeah, and then, like I said, his his funeral was it was tough. It was it's it was tough because you know all those people came and like that's what it took to get everybody together. So we're trying now we're meeting up more and more. You know, getting mm-hmm. together with the guys. You know, we can't let that. We don't want that to happen again. Where you know we we had a thing where it was like, oh, we only see each other at weddings now. You know, so we're trying to meet up more and more now. Yeah. Each other. We're actually meeting up with McFadden and my, I know me and my brother-in-law are doing it for sure. Uh, we had a hike in October in Cincinnati. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was, he was telling me about that. So it's just stuff like that. We get, you know, past purpose, get the word out there. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Um, I'm gonna actually meet McFadden face to face. Yeah, he's gonna. I, I was able to. Um, since me, I did the episode and everything. Me and him been we talk like probably every other day. Um, and I've never met him. I just did the episode with him. You know, learned about Pat through him and, and was able to communicate things through him. Um, and now, like I said, you know, the shirts that I'm gonna sell are gonna go to them. 
um right now and that's the plan for me is that i'm going to constantly have a nonprofit that i support um yeah. that i do different things like that um and then yeah i'll be able to meet mcfadden then um he'll be there i was able to actually talk to the people who own the venue and they were like hey we can actually sit you guys together because i explained to them that i was going to be doing a fundraiser for them in uh you know at the same time um so i'm excited i'm really excited to be able to actually meet him face to face have a couple of drinks with him and you know talk more about pat um yeah. and and you're so right man it's like you know like i i deployed you know i i guys like said like, i'm a reservist so i it's very different for me um because like i just got off recruiting duty so i have you know i spent four years with one of my best friends and literally you know spent freaking 24 we were on recruiting duty dude so 365 days a year mm-hmm. never being anywhere we weekends were together and you know now boom he gets stationed in you know north carolina new river you know same thing yeah. so you know and then, and then i have you know talking about just keeping you know close you know you can call people when you're drunk or you can call people when you're sober yeah. or you can have phone calls you know i'm a huge facetimer um but you know it's it's just the reality of like the people that I deployed with 10 years ago, I haven't seen, you know, yeah. it's, but at the same time, it's like, if I were to bump into them or if I were to have a reunion, it would feel like yesterday we were just Lance uh, it's, together. It is. It's amazing how you cannot see each other for so long. And then, you know, you get back together and you pick up right where you left off. Like, yeah. It was like, you know, nothing changed. And that's the beauty of it, man. And especially in the Marine Corps, because, it, there's so many people that are from so different walks of life that you're just like, like if you think about it, right? If you, I'm from Jersey, you're from, you said Illinois. Yep. If I was to meet you here, I would be like, bro, that dude's a fucking goon. That dude's yeah. a weirdo, right? But then you go and you meet each other in the Marine Corps, and it's like, ah, he's a weirdo, but he's my weirdo. Yeah. And then it's like you guys become these best friends, and that's why it's crazy. Like, not to get off into like some crazy tangent, but. You know, that's why when people talk about, like, racism and stuff, I'm just like, dude, that's just, like, bro, I, I've had so many friends from all different walks of life in the Marine Corps that I've been surrounded by that I'm just like, nah, man, that's it's a learned behavior. Exactly. It's something you decide to do. You know, it's it's something, like, it's just craziness to me. Um, do I, I – of course, I, I believe it exists. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, like, if you if you have an issue with it, join the Marine Corps, and you'll quickly realize quickly that realize, you'll quickly realize that people are just like, "Hey, brother, what's up?" Like, yep. No one, no one's out there, and and or or vice versa. You'll be in the Marine Corps, and you'll hear some crazy jokes, and everybody's laughing about these crazy jokes that are being said, yep. and and you're all going back and forth about all of these type of different jokes from all different areas. Um, and it's just how we are, you know, and and that's the thing is that, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, being a civilian is so different um, because the the camaraderie and the things that we find funny, you know, other people are like, that's, that's not that's not funny. That's yeah. not like when I tell jokes to people, they're like, yeah, huh? they're like, am I supposed to be laughing right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, is this supposed to be a funny joke? But it, just like. Like, even McFadden. Like, I never met McFadden in the Marine Corps. I just, oh, really? I knew of him because of Pat. And, mm. like, when I met him for the first time at Pat's funeral, he's like, yeah, I know of you because Pat would talk about you. And then, you know, it's like we didn't never knew each other, but we knew each other. It was 
it, it's weird, you know. No, yeah, definitely, because like, and I, I've had that happen as well. Yeah, you know, I, I've had friends of mine that, you know, I don't remember trying to think. There was somebody that, oh, it actually just happened. Uh, my buddy's out in Hawaii, um, Romaine, and he, me and him were recruiters together. And one day he FaceTimes me, and it's it's him FaceTiming me on his phone. But he's this he's a Haitian dude, um, and he FaceTimes me, and it's this white guy in like talking to me on FaceTime, and I'm like Jackson, and he's like, "What's up, Bennett?" And I'm just like, "But," <laughs> and I'm just like, "Wait a minute!" But Romaine's calling me. He's like. Yeah, me and him are in the same unit, and we and somehow your name came up, and we were like, "Yeah, I know Bennett," and uh, really stupid story, bro. So I feel so stupid that this ever happened in my entire lifetime, but it's freaking hilarious. So I tell people all the time, right? So me and Sergeant Jackson were standing outside the reserve unit, middle of the winter. It was like probably like December, um, and we were doing toys for tots. I was helping out. And we're standing outside smoking a cigarette. It's like 5.30 in the morning, and we're at our reserve unit. And our reserve unit is surrounded by a huge black fence. Like, you have to get, you know, like any other, excuse me, any other base, you have to get in and out through the gate, right? So we're sitting in there. Gate's closed. It's 5.30 in the morning. Me and him are the only two people at the unit. Um, And I'm smoking a cigarette with him. And all of a sudden, I see these geese walking and i look at him and i'm like bro answer me a fucking question and he goes what bennett i'm a like i'm a lance corporal i'm like sergeant i'm like answer me a question and jackson goes what bennett what 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 the fuck do you why are you bothering me at 5 30 in the morning this better not be dumb and i look at him and i'm like bro if the gate is closed how the fuck do all of these geese get over here every day I'm like, nobody lets them in. I'm like, the gate's open for like two minutes, and these freaking geese are always here. I was like, I just don't fucking get it. And then he just looks at me, and he goes, Bennett, you know geese can fly, right? (laughs) And I'm like, what? And he goes, look up. And I look up, and there's fucking a flying V of geese. And I'm like, bro, I'm a fucking idiot. I was like, I'm I'm that dumb. And he was like, yes, yes, Bennett, you really are. He's like, and I don't know if I just forgot that they flew. I don't know what was going on in my mind, but it was just freaking hilarious. But, but yeah, man, you know, it's just, you know, I think and that's the thing, man. It's like that was 12 years ago. Well, I'm in the Marine Corps 12 years, so I was probably like 10 years ago. You know, but it's crazy that, you know, these are the times that you're never going to forget. You know, you're never going to forget, you know, the memories that you've had with Pat. You're, you know, and later on when, you know, you have children or do you already have children? Not yet. No, not yet. Planning on it or what? Yeah. We're actually, we just started trying here a little bit ago. So, oh, nice, man. Well, I hope everything works out for you. Yeah. But, you know, and that's the thing, man. And, and you know, talking to Bree and talking to Chell. Uh, Chelsea, like, you know, his memory is going to live on. And that's why I created this podcast um, was for moments like these, you know, for you to talk about Mount Fuji, for you to talk about, you know, Pat as, you know, the what was it? The two hitter? Yeah, two shots. Patty, two (laughs) shots. But, um, you know, and that's the thing, man. It's it's, you know, 
And I think, and I also, I want to continue to get more and more people out, uh, more and more people that are down to do it because, you know, yeah. a lot, these are things that his, his mom, his mom, his family may not have ever heard. You know, a lot of these yeah. stories that come out, you know, or how you feel about it. And that's the thing, man, is that we, we lose people um, that are close to us and a lot, no one, I don't want to say nobody cares, but it's very easy to forget those people. You know, and especially when, you know, when it's someone who, you know, if they don't die overseas, if they didn't get a Purple Heart or something yeah. like that, it's like we kind of forget that they were well, I know, You know what I mean? I know today, like even today, you know, brought back, you know, a lot of, you know, mem- like the withdrawal of Afghanistan and stuff like that mm-hmm. brings back a lot of like, wow, you know why <laughs> you know yeah that's uh, something that i'm like I, I i've already had a lot of my friends reaching out to me and stuff and it's yeah. like like bro i was in afghanistan in 2011 um for for seven seven months you know and it's it's insane to think about you know it's insane to think about that we you know we were there for seven months we you know we were away from our families we had you know luckily my deployment we didn't have any kias um we did have a lot of purple hearts um, we did have a lot of people that, you know, that got hit by IEDs, such as myself um, and other people. You know, a lot of things happened. But luckily, we, we came home with everybody. Um, but, you know, since then, you know, there has been people who've died from other things. Like, I know one of the guys that I deployed with, he came home and he ended up dying on a uh, in a jet ski accident. You know, oh. rest in peace. Yeah. Sergeant Canales. Um, passed away on a jet ski accident and then i know a lot of other people you know suffered from ptsd or you know i've had people who really gotten to who got out of the marine corps and really got heavy into drugs um you know or overuse of drugs you know a lot of people and that's the thing man is that and that's what sucks about it it's like well what was you know like you said man it was like what was it all for you know you have these people you know thousands of people died then you have people who come home and, and a lot of people who've committed suicide due to different things. Um, people who now are, we from, we're finding out are dying cancer, dying from cancer from it. Yeah. So, you know, and it's, you know, and now just do it all over again. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like just washing your hands clean of it and walking away. You know, there's still a lot of work to be done on the home front though. Mm-hmm. You know, and well, and that's, and I think that's the thing too, is that, you know, like us talking about it, you know, like that's what needs to be done, you know, and that's why I love that a lot of veterans are, you know, especially with the technology that we have. Yeah. Now we can do stuff like podcasts. We can do stuff like reaching out because back in the day they didn't have that opportunity. Oh, you know, your voices huge. weren't heard. So it's it's good to be able to just talk about it and, you know, be able to vent and just be able to get your thoughts out and be able to sit down and talk about it. And it doesn't have to be at a meeting or whatever. It can literally just be over the phone or on FaceTime or Skype or Zoom or whatever. I mean, yeah, just the amount of people that have, you know, came up to me and said, you know, I saw that article by your friend. Yeah, I mean, just because social media, you know, getting stuff out there, it's it's social media is a blessing and a curse, you know. <laughs> oh, it people. is. Yeah. Well, and, and it's a good thing for stuff like this, getting Pat's name out there is yeah pat's purpose name you know 107 foundation stuff like that it's it's huge you know Mm -hmm. and i want to thank guys like you that you know keep putting the names out there you know don't let their don't let their names fade off you know 
Mm -hmm. No, yeah, definitely, man. That's definitely, um, definitely what I'm trying to do. Um, but did you, did you have anything that you wanted to share with us? Um, kind of before we just cap this off, um, you know, anything, any last words or anything that maybe you want to say to his family or to anybody out there who maybe is dealing with the loss of a friend or anyone who's kind of going through what you've dealt with? No, just reach out to your buddies, mm. reach out, you know, talk to each other. Like I said, don't, don't just meet up for, you know, weddings and funerals. Yeah. It's life's too short for that. Meet up as often as you can. I, like I said, I'm blessed because, you know, my brother-in-law was in, you know, the same, same unit as me and in the same mm -hmm. friend group as me. So I get to see him all the time. That's awesome. It's you know, we talk about old times and laugh about old times all the time. So what I'm, so from what I'm understanding in this whole entire Pat's purpose, one thing that it's taught me is that if you're a Marine out in the fleet right now, you should introduce your sister to one of your Marine buddies. <laughs> That's what I'm learning in this whole entire situation. Because from what I understand is, um, what's his name? Married Pat's fiance's twin sister yeah mcfadden did, yeah. yeah so okay and now you're saying that your brother-in-law married yeah, wrecker married my sister who exactly bro wrecker so from what the, i understand is in the infantry okay so from what i understand in the infantry world you everybody has to just meet someone's sister and then we can just keep it yeah. you know within the family just keep in the family man. <laughs> one, two threes one big family apparently <laughs> it's not incest because it's yeah. just you know it's marine brother with your okay. biological sister yep that's, <laughs> that's when they first started dating i was like man you're like my brother man like <laughs> you know i know more about him than my sister probably does you know i was like <laughs> when they first started dating you know oh like but how did that happen did you how did that how did that become Social media, man. Really? Yeah. Pretty sure it was uh, social social media, but oh man, no, it's, it's a blessing. He's he's a good guy. He's That's a, good, one man. of my good friends in the Marine Corps. So yeah, so you trust him? Yes, yeah, I do. Semper Fi or Semper sometimes? Yeah, Semper Fi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, listen, man. I I really appreciate your time. I thank you so much for. You know, coming out here and sharing Pat's story and just telling us a little bit more about him, um, some more, you know, fond memories. Um, if you can, um, send me some of those pictures um, just so I can up them, upload them on my Instagram and tag them to the story. I'll also yep. put them on my website um, and, and add that to the, por the portion that I have dedicated to Pat um, on my website. Um, and just thanks again, man, so much for what you're doing um, and just being you. You know, continuing to remember him and, and, and you know, all of our brothers. And um, just thanks again, man. And I hope you have a good rest of the night. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks for everything you're doing, man. Yeah, definitely, bro. I'll keep in touch with you. All right.